Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection. The lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Government have been trying to say this has been unpredictable, but they need to be more creative and ambitious than that. I've had to go and set up a petition to try and get this over the line. I brought it to our minister. I brought it to the department. Nobody is listening. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, cash cow back after 11 o'clock this morning with more moolah give out. It's a beautiful, beautiful Friday morning. In fact, it was such a lovely morning as I was coming into work, I was thinking, you know, here we are with a lovely morning. Spring starts next week and it's lovely and all. And then the matched against that or balanced against that is the awful plight of the people of Ukraine. And your newspapers are full of it this morning. I hope to go live there very shortly. But but your newspapers have, and remember this time yesterday morning, we, we didn't have any newspaper coverage because the invasion had happened in the middle of the night, as before the long after the papers had gone to bed. So the Irish Independent has Putin's war on Europe. And this photograph, which is on a lot of the papers, this is from a picture of a woman just sitting there with her head in her hands. She's waiting to go somewhere or waiting for a train or waiting for a path to safety. The examiner has a wounded woman. Her picture on many of the papers this morning, too. She's wounded and she's got a bandage around her head. She's in the city of Chekiv. At least I think that's how you pronounce it. Irish Times has another distressing photograph. It's the photographs of ordinary people that distress you. Her blood on his hands has the Irish Daily Mirror. Again, that woman with a bandage around her head. She's a teacher and she was hit by shards of glass when the city of Chukiv was bombed yesterday. And there she is on the front page of the Mirror. She's also on the front page of the Star, which has the headline, Darkest Hour. Irish Daily Mail again has that woman, the teacher, the bandage around her head and there's another story a picture of a, a mom and a little baby uh, Putin to seize capital in days and the reports in the early hours of this morning was indeed 
that the next thing that would happen would be that Kiev would be taken. Yesterday, Eddie Roach was here yesterday morning with me predicting, worried that they would take Chernobyl. Well, they did. They took the tank, the um, took tanks into the compound yesterday and then the front page of the Echo I fear for my family a story of a Ukrainian man living in Cork for the past seven years and I want to go first this morning on the opinion line to someone who I know is very very fearful at the moment for the safety of of her dad Natalia good morning to you good morning PJ Natalia I feel for you and I feel for your family and talk to me about your dad uh, look, uh, I woke up at three o'clock last night. My dad ran me and uh, he said, we are under strike, airstrike. I'm from east of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I came 20 years ago. I have family here and my parents come over here to visit us. And since t- 2014, we had no opportunity to go back because uh, we were occupied by Russians. They say that they are separatists, but they have a Russian army to support them from 2014. And now that territory, my, my dad, thanks God, he's not, uh, he was on uh, in Ukrainian side. Mm. So he was protected and we had uh, freely, we could go there and back. It, it was danger. You've you've been in touch and with him. You said, so how? how yes. How close is he to to the fighting? Like, you must be very worried about him. How close is the fighting? Yeah, yes. But you see, since two thousand fourteen, it's it's normal life for them. Yeah. So they have basement. He went down to the basement last night to be safe. You know, and. Uh, he he said to me this morning that the airport we have a very little local airport it was bombed by yeah by pinpoint strike okay so he's been hiding in his basement i'm I'm sure you'd love to be able to bring him here to be with you to be safe is that even possible now uh, at the moment, it's not possible because of martial law. You know, we live now in a war law, so everything is closed. Uh, there's um, uh, blocks on the roads. Uh, there won't be no possible for him to travel. And it's where he is now, it will be safer to travel just in case it will be, you know, bomb or, or something. Because there's no p- a safe place in Ukraine at the moment. Yeah. From 2014, I thought east of Ukraine was the most dangerous part of Ukraine. But now it doesn't matter where you are. You can be in Kiev, you can be in Lviv, you can be in Kharkov, Odessa, yeah. all all along border with Russia. Yeah. We are under, under pressure at the moment. Right. And it's very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my friends, their family, young kids live in Kiev now and they have to go to Metro to be safe yeah. because there's no basements yeah. for them to I be protected. I saw pictures online last night, Natalia, of people crowding into a subway, a metro in, in Kiev. Yes. Thousands of people because it's safe. It is safe, yes. So yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's awful. 
and I feel very, you know, very, I'm worried here about my friends, about my family, about my cousins who are there. And uh, we are here as a community of Ukrainians. Uh, we, we want, we ask European community to stop this, to stop and, you know, and give some, like we are not NATO country and we stand now and protect all NATO countries at the moment. Yeah. We are defending the values of democracy. Yeah. And sanctions, you can see they don't work. They're saying, you know, it, it, they're saying the European Union and, of course, Boris Johnson um, outside the European Union now were saying that they will strangle the Russian economy and they will cut them off from the rest of a, the world. But that's not going to help yes, your friends we, we, down the subway today. No. You know, it, it, it's maybe they will work, but not today. Not now. Yeah. You know, when... They, they want to take it now and change their government, you know, and destroy the nations of Ukrainians, 40 million people now, who Kiev, have right. Kiev is a, a very modern city. Um, yes. But like, can people, can your friends, for example, can they get food? Can they get water? I know under martial law, is everything closed? I uh, he no their their shops still open and their banks closed only only uh, national bank is open. Uh, we have limit now how many people can take uh, money out. You know, so they would be uh, so our economy won't collapse. Yeah. You know, everything has to, uh, we have support. We have um, you know like uh, people get food. They can get food. What what age is your dad, Natalia? He's seventy nine. Seventy nine, and is he in good health? Oh no, he's. Uh, you know, I ask him, Dad, that you need to travel, and you know, thanks to Irish government, they waived visas, and you can come now without visa. And he said, "I won't be. I won't make it to the border, because Ukraine is big, and it will take about two days to get to Poland." And he said, no, I won't make it. I can't go. So, yeah, and um, yeah, this is what we're dealing with now. And getting over the border into Poland, like that would be safety. He'd get a plane, he'd get to Cork. Yes. Uh, but it's it's just too far away. It's too far away, Yeah. It's about 1,300 miles away. You see, we don't realize the size of the place. Your country is huge to north. Yes. Yeah. It is one of the biggest in Europe. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. At least you're able to talk to him because I think communications is still, is still strong. Oh, yes. It's, yeah, it's very important, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people were fearful. I was listening to a late night talk show last night and what a lot of people were very fearful mm-hmm. was that the communications would go down, but they're not yet. He must be scared, no. is he, Natalia? I know he's used to I, the situation, but this yeah, is but he, of course, he's scared. He's scared, and uh, I'm scared for his life, you know, and I'm scared for 
my cousins' lives, their children. Um, but uh, most of them, they have no opportunity to leave. And as I said, you where you go, you know, you can't go. There's refugees everywhere now. Yeah. People who are close to the borders, they already left Ukraine yes. and looking for asylum seekers, you know. So this is, uh, yeah, this whole thing, you know, what happened that no. uh, Russia will attack Ukraine. They were reporting in the early hours of the morning that that there was an advance coming on Kyiv. That's terrifying. It is terrifying, yes. With missile strikes, air force, you know, so we we can't cover the sky. We don't have much uh, equipment to do that. So we asked, you know, NATO to cover the sky. Natalia, you're here in Cork now with... How long? Twenty, nearly twenty years, and you mm-hmm. you know you know that our politicians listen to listen to radio and listen to programs like this. If any of our politicians are listening, what if anything? And we're a small, tiny country out on the end of the European Union. What if anything do you think our politicians can do? Not for you, for your dad. For my dad. Would you like to do? I would like him. I would like them to try to get him here. Yeah, and that's a huge task. To just save, yeah, to say to, yeah, to save him, to, to so he he can be with his uh, grandchildren in a safe place. Okay. Natalia, I'll I, I leave you there. You must be desperately worried. I thank you so much for speaking with me. And we wish your dad thank you. well. We wish him safe. Can I just... You can. You can. Thank you, Romain. Can I just uh, ask you and um, Joe, and today there will be at half four, there will be an anti-war meeting at the Grand Parade. Okay. Please join us. Okay. Okay. Natalia, thank you very much. 0818969696. Her dad is 79. And he is too far from the border to make it into Poland. If he could make it into Poland, he could get on a plane, he could be here with the family because the government has waived the need for a visa. But he's just too far from the Polish border. 0818 I've got to go live to Ukraine in just a couple of minutes. Speak to a corkman and I get the picture on the ground. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Now, I want to go live to a place called Dikanka. Uh, to talk to Eugene O'Sullivan, who's from a place called Bantry. Eugene, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. Oh, that's a great connection, and that's fantastic. So you're in a place called Dikanka. Give me the geography. How close are you to, say, the Russians at this point? Well, 
we're roughly about an hour from the Russian border. Um, if you have a map there in front of you, you see Kiev. Yes. And then if you go to the right of Kiev, between Kiev and Kharkov, which is to the east, you'll see a city called Poltava. Yes. Then we're 30 kilometers north of Poltava city. Okay. okay. Now, if you look further up, just, just north of Poltava, you'll see a city called Sumy. Yeah. Now, yesterday, Russian tanks rolled into the city of Sumy. Uh, all that area, I understand, is under Russian control now. Right. And they're moving, they're moving south. Sorry, they're moving south from the north. And they're also moving from the south up north from the Black Sea area. Right. So, and then they're also moving from the east, coming from the east as well. It's a three-pronged attack. Okay. Now, this morning, Kiev is under huge bombardment. It looks like if they can get the government in Kiev and get the president, that Kiev will fall. It may not be that easy. It, it could turn out to be something like Sarajevo. It could... I could be all wrong in what I'm saying, PJ. It depends on how fast the government will fall here. You're you're convinced they will fall, though, are you? They don't have they don't have the military might of what the Russians have. But ground warfare is totally different. At the moment, they're taking out all strategic targets, military targets belong to the Ukrainian military. Uh, countries under martial law, martial law means that Ukrainian military have the right to come into your apartment. They have the right to take your vehicle. They have the right to take anything. You have no rights as a citizen. You do what you're told. If you're told to work, you do it. And you don't ask questions. Yeah. So there are, are there soldiers in the streets of Dikanka, for example? No, no, not at the moment. And there's no tanks in here yet. But will they be in here later today? Will they be in tomorrow? Yeah. I don't know because we R- only roughly for the sake of for the yeah. sake of you know localizing it, being a Bantry man, Eugene. Let's let's imagine you were in Bantry. How close is the nearest tank? The closest tank would be probably maybe an hour away from us. Right, right. So back in the city, maybe. Back in the two cities, there in the city of Kharkov, which you see is east. It's only about forty kilometers from the Russian border. Right. Right. Which is so, only about a 30, 40 minute drive. Yeah. So we imagine, we imagine, say, you being in Bantry and there being tanks in Bandon kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's the best way to put it in perspective. Um, what happens? Hard to tell. I would say anybody who is here and who is Irish, don't try to get out. Because I've driven here and it's not boasting or anything about whether I've driven or not, I have driven along the road <clears throat> from the Polish border all the ways east as far as Kharkov, and I know that road very, very well. And if you're trying to get out, you could leave here, but every fuel, sp- every filling station may have run out of fuel, or there's a shortage of fuel, or there's a big queue of two or three hours. The Ukrainian military may have the road blocked. In the meantime, the Russian military may have captured that area. Right. So you're better off to stay put where you are. And I feel sorry maybe for surrogate couples who yes. are here now trapped that they can't get out. Even if you're in the city of Lviv, which is in, in the very, very west of Ukraine, about, it's about roughly 35-minute drive to the border. But mm. if there's a 
you there and you're maybe eight, 10, maybe two days at the border. How are you going to care for a small infant child? You're better off to stay in Lviv until, until this will die down. I mean, it can go on forever. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, no, that's feel, do you feel Sorry. in danger yourself, Eugene? Look, if something happens, it happens, but there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to get on, get on with it. Where I am, look, it's the same as if I arrived here so far. Maybe I'm one of the lucky ones. I think if you're in a bigger city, it's a lot more dangerous. Yeah. I'm, only, I'm only in an area where there's a population of roughly about 8,000 people. There's no mili- military infrastructure here. So why would you want to bomb someplace where there is nothing to bomb? Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I read and, I, saw, and yeah. I heard a lot overnight, Eugene, about any young man between the age of, is it 16 and 60, is now forbidden to leave the country. Yeah, I was just coming to it. <laughs> Two yeah. minds think alike. Yes, that's correct. And um, my wife was out this morning and she said at the local cinema was a group of men that were reservists from here being called up. And she said they may never again come back alive. Yeah, it's conscription, isn't it? They're being conscripted. Yeah, it's conscription, yeah. yeah. yeah and you can't leave the country. And uh, basically, uh, the military are in control. The Ukrainian military are in control. It's like the president has said, you're taking over. You do what's needed. Mm. Or you do what's needed as regards dealing... I'm talking about the Ukrainian military. Yeah. But Ukrainian military, look, I have to be honest. They'll do their best, but... How can you do your best if you don't have the if you don't have the manpower to do it? I mean the manpower if you don't if you don't have the weapons. I mean the key to any battle usually is coming from the sky. Yes. All their air defenses are taken out. Yeah. They're outgunned and they're out and they're outnumbered. They're outnumbered. Yeah. Tell me your own story, Eugene. What takes you from Bantry to Dikanka? I'm here with about back and forth with about twenty years. So I know the area pretty well. I came here on the 12th of December because I hadn't been here for a year, which was the longest time ever because of COVID. Mm. And I said, now when I'm coming, I'm going to make up for the last time. And I was going to stay here end of April, start of May, roughly. Right. Now, I have been told by the Department of Communications and the Irish Embassy to get out. They have told everybody to get out, get out. All easy to say that. I would prefer to be here now than being in Ireland. If I couldn't make contact, I wouldn't know what's going on. Yes. You've you've a wife there and, and a son. Yeah, my wife and son is here. Yeah. So I'm happier here because I know what's happening. But if I was in Ireland, I wouldn't be. I'd be a nervous wreck. Yeah, yeah. Are you working there, Eugene? Yeah, I do some welding and engineering here. I see. Now, anybody who is from the Kanka here, as I speak now, everything is okay. Mm. Afternoon, will there be tanks in here? I can't tell you that. Uh, I don't know. That 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 is frightening, though. And again, bring it into a local geographical context here in Cork. Yeah, you're in Bantry, and the tanks are in Bandon, and you don't know yep. what's going to happen or when. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, can you do something? Like, is is there any semblance of life? Like, can you wander down to the shop and get a newspaper and? Take you a can walk? go down to the shop. Yeah, you can go down, but you must always have identification with you. You must always have your passport with you at all times. Yeah. Which is fair enough. That's not a problem. 
But everybody is asked to really stay inside, stay out of harm's way. My biggest worry is that if you have some Ukrainian who is a Kalashnikov and sees a Russian tank and open fires from it, from a building, and you're maybe in the second floor and they're up on the top floor, well, that building will probably be taken out. Oh, goodness me. That's what you have to be careful. And this is what the Russians will face as well. They will face sporadic gunfire coming from buildings and they will be in among the civilian population. And this is where the casualties will happen. Yeah. But again, again, as I preach, it's the big cities are the most dangerous place to be in. Sure. And and on that subject, like people are predicting or have been predicting since very early morning, tanks could well roll into those big wide streets of Kiev today. Uh, like, could that be the end of the aggression or just the start? What do you think? I think Kiev will be a bloodbath. That is what I think. Unless they, they get to the president first and that the president will uh, concede defeat, that's the only way that I can see any bloodbath being being um, prevented from being happening. Yeah. Now, will the president do that of Ukraine? I don't know. If he does it, he'll be considered a traitor. So he's caught between a rock and a hard place to say. We've seen pictures of of people hurt and bandaged and grannies, old ladies with guns. And we've seen pictures of people cowering in those subways, those huge subways of Kiev, because that's the only place that's actually safe. I have been in them when I was in Kiev. And uh, there isn't enough because Kiev has almost three million people. Yeah, (laughs) You can't pack three million people into all of the subways. It just won't, won't work. How are you going to manage with toilet facilities, etc.? Yeah, yeah. You can only pack so much in there. I know, I know. And is there anywhere safe, for example, in where you are? Is there anywhere safe where in in, in, in yeah, where, where I am here? Yeah, where I am. I have a cellar here. We're on the second floor of the building. Underneath me is a cellar, and we can go down in there if need be. Right. And are there? It's people, not a nice place. Are there people carrying guns in the streets of Dikang? No, no. No, it's a normal day like you would be in Bandon or any other, or walking down Patrick Street in Cork. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Department of Foreign Affairs is, is saying that if anybody who's there at the moment wants to get out, they're doing their no, best. But don't. Don't. Don't, don't get out now, I would say. Stay put, it's safer. Because if you get out uh, and you're going to get stuck on a queue at, at any border, I mean, the queues must be massive there. And you're going to get stuck. You could be stuck there for two two days. How are you going to manage? How are you going to sleep? You'll have no facilities. And as I said, like a surrogate couple with a small baby, how are they going to manage? Everybody is scrambling at the border to get out. Mm. You're better off to stay where you are and stay with the people you know. You're frightened, Eugene. Yesterday morning, yes, because I got a shock. I didn't expect there would be an invasion, that's being honest. Mm. I was really taken by surprise. I thought it was really a bluffing game because, look, these Russian troops have been around the Ukrainian border with over a year. Yeah. And everybody was saying, ah, that's only just uh, uh, trying to get more concessions and using it as a lever. But yesterday morning, I got some surprise when the air raid sirens went off at 7 a.m. 
A lot of people were saying yesterday, I was talking to A.D. Roach here on the programme, and it happened within hours of her fear that the Russians had taken control of Chernobyl. Yeah. Should we yeah, be Chernobyl. worried about that? What can you do about it? I mean, they're not going to blow it up because if you do blow up Chernobyl, you're going to have a huge uh, problem with more radiation, which will affect the Russians themselves more. That would be a bit like shooting yourself on the foot. Yeah, they took it as a strategic prize, though, like a strategic trophy to them. But what is in Chernobyl? There's nothing. Nothing. Only That's a, just only nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to take Chernobyl. There, there's there's nothing there at the moment. Yeah. And and anyway, who who would want Chernobyl? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, sorry about that other lady. I just heard her on there earlier about her father. There's many people in that situation, and uh, there's, there's no way she is correct. There's no way that that man can get out of Ukraine. Not a hope. Even fit people can't get out of Ukraine. Let alone, let alone where he is located, so far east. Mm-hmm. You're there back and forth with quite some time. I imagine that at this stage you probably have a working knowledge of the language, do you? Uh, I have a bit of Russian, but not Ukrainian. I tell you, Russian is more widely spoken, that's why. So I believe, actually, so I believe, yeah. And and I think Ukrainian is quite a difficult language to learn as well from anyone that's ever told me. But can can you make, you know, like any Irishman gets interested in the politics of where he's living. Can you understand what's going on politically from the media and where this might go? You can guess it yourself as well. Uh, I do have a good handle on politics, but I got it wrong. I'll admit that. I got it wrong about the invasion. I didn't think there would be an invasion. That's being honestly. And I even preached that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I put up, I just admit I was wrong on that. Well, you know what? You're there, you're alive, you're safe. And, and, and that, as it is, is that's as much as you can ask for at the moment. But your advice to anybody is stay put. Yes, yeah, stay put. I don't know what the Department of Foreign Affairs are saying, but don't try to get out just now because you're going to make a situation that's already bad a hundred times worse if you get stuck somewhere where you can't go back or forward. Okay, all right. And you- if you don't know the language, you're lost. Eugene, I wish you well. Um, I wish you safety. It's what, do you know what I wish nice. you? That's why I wish you safety. Nice talking to you, PJ. You and your Take family. care. Take care of yourself. That's Eugene O'Sullivan from Bantry, living in a place called Dikanka. Uh, and the best geographical reference you can make is he's in Bantry, beautiful. Imagine you're in beautiful Bantry Bay, looking out on that gorgeous morning out there. Just look, think. And in Bandon, there are tanks and guns and Russian soldiers. And you don't know whether they're coming down to you in Bandon or whether they're going to head to Skib or where they're going to go. Put yourself in that position. There's actually um, a video gone viral, heartbreaking. It's a daddy in Ukraine somewhere, I don't know where, but he's saying goodbye to his little girl as she gets on a bus to a safe place. He's staying behind to fight. We'll put that video up on Twitter, have a copy of it. And he takes off a cross that he was wearing. 
and it's to remember him if the worst should happen. He's of age now where he's not allowed to leave. No one between 16 and 60, no men between 16 and 60 are now allowed to leave Ukraine. We'll put that up there. I'll tell you when it's there. Yeah, that uh, protest is at half four on the Grand Parade. Uh, Ricky Morgia is the organiser. And uh, we might do more on that a little later in the day. 0818 96 96 96. God, it's depressing. It really is. It's frightening. It's frightening. Just think of that, though, as your geographical reference. You're wondering, like, how near. So, Eugene's in Bantry, and the tanks are in Bandon, and he has no idea where they're going yet. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. We have a lot to do today. Keeping a, a watching eye on what's happening in Ukraine, and if we have any one of the organisers of that uh, demonstration today, we, we try to talk briefly with them, and anything else should happen, we'll bring it to you as it happens, but we've lots more to do. Uh, if you go and get a service, take something like getting your nails done or your hair done, and you're not happy, well, would you pay? Do you pay? We'll talk to someone later on who did and is just regretting that she did. Uh, because they've left her nails in a mess. I'll, I'll talk to her a little bit later on. Also, a man who hurt his back, was out of work for a while. Now he's fit and can't seem to get back to work, despite the fact that his doctor is quite happy for him to go back to work. And plenty more to do. Plenty more bits and pieces to do uh, throughout the morning. The new Batman movie is out this day week. So we chat to Crossy about that. 0818969696. Now, all this week we've had fun giving you a chance to transform your home with the Furniture Centre on Watercourse Road. 500 euro voucher to give away, and another one today, the last one of the week. You can choose from a, cu- a range of custom Irish made suites or dining furniture, mattresses, and a free delivery within four to six weeks of an Irish made sofa. Coming from the Furniture Centre on Watercourse Road, family run business for over 40 years, we've had Fiona on her travels all week. And here's her final one. These have been really easy, but we've had an awful lot of fun with them. So where is Fiona today? Today I am in the centre of a sports ground. The River Lee runs alongside it, and Ed Sheeran will be popping in to say hello in April. Where am I? Where is she indeed? 083 396 96 96. Text or WhatsApp your answer. Give us Fiona's location and your name. Today I am in the centre of a sports ground. The River Lee runs alongside it and Ed Sheeran will be popping in to say hello in April. Where am I? Text or WhatsApp. Yesterday they went mad on the phones. The day before they went mad on the phones. Just text or WhatsApp. 083-396-9696. Two years ago this weekend... Uh, would have been around the t- coming. Out, yeah, it would have been two years ago this weekend. We got the f- confirmation of the first case of COVID nineteen in the Republic of Ireland. It was twenty ninth of February, which occurred on a Saturday night two years ago. This 
particular weekend. And from that day to this, we, we hope now, we hope we're coming out the back end of it. Of course, we all went into lockdown less than two weeks after that. But so many babies were born during lockdown. And at the time, oh, lockdown babies this and lockdown babies that. But uh, the, to, for the, for the mums and the families involved, was so much different about it. Denise Callanan uh, is from Carrigaline, a new mum, and has been writing about this in The Independent. Denise, good morning to you. Hi, how are you, PJ? How are you getting on? Hi, great. Saif will be two on the 15th of March. So she literally was born as lockdown was coming in. Yeah, um, she was. So she's like the true lockdown baby. Yeah, in the kind of couple of weeks before she was due, everything was getting really nervous. You know, everyone was getting nervous and nobody really knew what was going on. And the Thursday and Friday, the schools shut down and it was that Sunday that we went into hospital to have Saif. So when... Um, we live in Dublin, so we had her in the Coombe Hospital, and it was the day that the when we rang and he said, "Hey, we're you know we're going to come in." They said, "Look, we've actually stopped partners coming into the hospital um, until you're actually in the delivery suite." But like you kind of sure I didn't really know any different anyway, PJ. So we kind of just we went along, and it was the first time for both of us to have a baby. And mm-hmm. then um, when when my husband came and collected us on the Tuesday, it was St Patrick's Day, and the parade had been cancelled and at this stage like Varadkar was about to do his big address to the nation that evening and it was just when we were collected outside the hospital um, driving home you know through Dublin 8 it was just so eerie I remember sitting in the back seat and I was just like what has happened here like it was just nobody on the streets or anything so kind of went from there you know and that's a time when you want to take this beautiful bundle of joy and you want to show her off to everybody you can't had you any idea yeah, what that was going was to be? A, that was that was like a wrench, I guess. You, the previous week, you were planning all these celebrations, and then gone. Yeah, and it's funny how a week or two can make a difference. Because a friend of mine actually had her baby on the twentieth of February, and it was just those two or three weeks made such a difference. She had the, she kind of had the experience, whether it was good or bad, of you know cousins coming in that she hadn't seen in years and they're sitting on the couch expecting baby cuddles and never ending cups of tea and she kind of said to me afterwards that in a way she was envious of our experience that we just had so much time with our little girl so there was that side of it as well PJ but in the first week the lockdown hadn't actually been announced yet but nobody was going anywhere but my parents and brother and sister came up from Cork to see to meet Sive and my pair and my husband's parents came up from Kilkenny but it was just a very strange time like you look back and you're like it wasn't the buzzy day that it should have been when grandparents come to meet their little grandchild like everyone was delighted to meet her but there was just this tinge of sadness because nobody knew what was to come and when we said goodbye that day outside the house everyone was really upset because we just didn't know when we'd see each other again. And it was 10 weeks later that my GP, she she was great. And she just asked me one day, she said, look, how are you getting on? And I just said, I miss my mum. And she said, look, I'm going to write you a note. Like she was so aware that there were so many couples in her area that weren't from Dublin and that yeah. they had parents and family in other parts of the country that they just couldn't see. So she wrote us the the note that we kept in the glove compartment safe on the way down. And we came down to meet the family. And the first thing they said, actually, PJ was, um, they were like, oh, she's still so small. I think they thought that she would, from the photographs, it was hard to tell how big she was. 
So I think they were so happy that she was still a tiny baby that they could cuddle, you know. So that was like a nice, a nice thing to hear. I remember talking to some people in the early days, you know, and and, and one woman I spoke to had had, up in the west of Ireland and parents were in Glanmire and she'd she'd had a baby and she just, she, she was actually getting to the point where she was just, she was going to get into the car and drive regardless of restrictions. And then, of course, you can't hug people. And we were told no physical contact and all that. That must have been so hard. Yeah. And like everyone was just so nervous because you weren't too sure of what, you know, you, you know, at that time, nobody understood the virus and there was no such thing as vaccines or anything. So I used to go for walks. It was actually great that my husband was working from home as well. He was a teacher. So, you know, it wasn't as if I was at home all day on my own. But I'd go for walks with Sive and the dog like three times a day. I think if I'd had a Fitbit at the time, I must have clocked up about 40,000 steps a day. I'd say there was nothing else to do, only go for a walk. And I'd bring her for a walk and I'd even be that nervous that if someone was coming towards me on the footpath, I'd cross the road. Like everyone was so nervous. But the one thing is, though, where we live in Dublin, our neighbours are fantastic. PJ and they couldn't do enough for us like they really looked out for us and they had one for the Easter it was the Maybank holiday weekend actually and the next door neighbour got a microphone out in the front garden and we sat out in our front garden and it was like there was a real neighbourhood yeah. feel which was lovely was and the that day that we yeah. yeah and the day that we drove down to Cork they were all out the front of the houses to wave goodbye to us they were so happy yeah. that we were able to go down and, and see the family so neighbours definitely made it easier But the one thing that I did note when I was writing the article was I was talking to friends and colleagues who'd all had babies around the same time. And it was just so obvious that everyone kind of downplays their experiences because they're just whether it's the kind of Irish root kind of, you know, that Irish hardiness in us or whether it's just because you become a mom and you become tough. But most people were like, look, you just got on with it because, you know, you didn't know any different. And you were so aware that there was others out there who had it worse off as well. Like we were lucky to have. A happy, healthy baby. Absolutely. There's going to be so many babies, I think, whether babies born in the last few years will be sat down in a few years' time by mums and dads and told, do you know what happened when you were born? Do you know what life was like? You're back in, in Carrigaline, I know, for the weekend in the hometown, so that'll be lovely to catch up with everybody. I'm going to leave it there, Denise, for no reason other than time. I wish you and the family, and particularly young Sive, uh, really well. I hope that uh, everything is great and successful for you uh, going forward, and thank you. Uh, Sky News has just confirmed that the Champions League final has been moved from St. Petersburg to Paris following the invasion of Ukraine. That was a big sports story brewing overnight. It's been moved out of St. Petersburg. The Champions League final, it's in May, isn't it? Yeah, that'll be played in Paris, not St. Petersburg. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast or on 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, Cash Cow back between 11 and 12 today. More moolah with Cash Cow. But 
also, of course, we need you to enter our Furniture Centre competition. And as always, you're flying it out there. And as always, we've sent Fiona on her travels. Where is she this morning? Today I am in the centre of a sports ground. The River Lee runs alongside it. And Ed Sheeran will be popping in to say hello in April. Where am I? For a €500 Euro voucher for the Furniture Centre Watercourse Road. Text her location and your name. Text her WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. We will be hopefully returning to Ukraine in the next half an hour or so, just uh, setting up another conversation with, uh, with somebody there. Uh, all things going well communication-wise. We'll be able to do that this side of 11 o'clock. Also later on, talking about the new Batman movie, The Batman, which I've seen the trailers and I love all these action hero movies and it looks kind of dark it looks as much darker even than previous Batman movies I'll get the update from Crossy I think it's um, it's in the cinemas next week I think Crossy's been talking to some people involved catch that before the before the end of the day speaking of superheroes in modern in, in in his own time he was a superhero and he was born this day in 1877 and he ran off lied about his age to join the the royal navy and he traveled three times to the antarctic and he has been immortalized in a stage show by the great Aidan Dooley and if you go down to Owlscall in County Kerry you can have your lunch and have a pint in the pub where he owned, he bought and owned a pub when he came back from Antarctic. Born on this day in 1877, the legendary Tom Crean. So, super, you kind of wonder at tough times like this, what would Crean do? That's what they used to say, what would Tom Crean do? So we think of him today, and I've had uh, his... His relatives have spoken to them on the program over the years. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. So, you you walk into a shop or a nail bar or a hair salon or anything, and you're just not happy with the service. What do you do? Do you pay them and just meekly leave the shop, or do you kick up a fuss, or are you so upset that you just give them the money? To get out of there. That's kind of, I think, what happened to Rachel. Rachel, you sent us in some photos. I don't know anything about nails other than I cut mine every couple of weeks to keep them tidy. But they're in an awful state. What happened to you? So I just decided to go to a nail salon in the city. As I don't live in the city myself. And I was like, I want to get my nails done quickly. And I walked in and there's like a couple of different stations that you'd stand at. If you, I mean, that you'd go up to, I forget what I mean. Yeah. Because there's different steps for each part of getting your nails done. And I had a picture and an idea on my phone, what I wanted. And I wanted really long, colourful nails because that's what I always go for. Mm-hmm. So I sat on the chair and he started foiling my nails and all that. And that was fine. And then he was like to me, what length would you like your nails to be? And I said, I want them to be long. And before I even said that I wanted them to be long, I had told him in advance like that I wanted them long. And he had already cut one of my nails. 
I said to him that I wanted them to be long. I was like, I told you already that I didn't want them that length. He was like, oh, well, I can't fix them now. And I was like, can you not just take the tips off and change them because you put tips on your nails, you know, to make yeah. them longer. And I was like, shocked by what he said. Like, and I was like a bit upset, you know. Mm. And so after I had that part done, I had to go and sit down and wait until I was called up and there was other girls there and I had a friend of mine with me and I was like to them, oh my God, look at my nails. Like they're awful. I do not want them this length at all. And then what happened? And then after that, then I got called up again to put on like acrylic powder onto my nails. And there was a different person putting that on. And she was fine. She was putting it on to my nails. But then I kept saying to her, I was like, you have literally lumps of acrylic underneath my nails and all over my fingers. And she was like ignoring what I was saying. And she was like, you know, like when someone is angry, they'd be like, oh, my God, like that kind of a thing. Mm. And she was on video call at the same time. And then I heard them all talking like they were pointing and laughing. And I knew straight away that they were talking about me like, because, mm. you know, when you can get that sense that someone's talking about you. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. especially if they're pointing fingers, it's clear that they're talking about you. Yeah. I was like, made me feel like really embarrassed and uncomfortable because like I'm already an anxious person, if you get what I mean. But I'd stick up for myself too, like. Yeah. Yeah. And that was fine as well. I went and sat back down and I was talking to the girls anyway that I was talking to. And I was like, my nails are so bad. Like I was nearly crying. like, And I could see them all pointing at me and laughing. And I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And then when I went up again, he was like, what shape do you want? Because I had to go back to him then again. The first guy. Yeah, the first guy, yeah. And I was like, I want coffin shape. And what you'd see by the pictures anyway, they're not coffin shape at all. Coffin shape, coffin shape is exactly what it sounds like. But the pictures, no, yeah. they're, they're not coffin shape. Yeah. And he was like, well, you you picked too short of a length to get that shape. And I was like, no, I didn't. I told you exactly what shape I wanted. And then he was like, oh, right. And then I was like, he had like this thing with different shapes on it. And I was like, well, can you at least try? And that's when he started getting angry at me then. And he was like pulling on my fingers. He was telling me, relax your hand. My hand was relaxed. Mm. And he was pulling on my fingers and he was foiling like not even my nails. He was foiling my skin. And boy, you can tell by the pictures, my nails are like my fingers are cut and all that. Yeah. And he was like sticking the tools into my fingers and everything. And I was literally like, I was like, can you cop on? Like you're really hurting my fingers. Like I was like, it's very unprofessional. He kept asking me, do you like them? And I was like, no, I don't. So he was he was filing them supposedly yeah. into some shape or other. Yeah. And it was hurting you when he was doing it, which, again, I don't know. It's not supposed to hurt, obviously. Yeah, no, it's not supposed to hurt. Okay. And, and, and it, were they going anywhere near the shape that you wanted? No, they weren't. And he was doing the shape. And I knew the shape wasn't going to look what it is because it wasn't long enough myself. Like, I knew that myself. And then when I... He had one hand done, so I put it down by my lap 
and I had a look at them and I was, oh my God, I was nearly crying. I was like looking at my fingernails. I was like, they're so crooked. Yeah. And the way he had them filed, it was so crooked. I was like, they look awful. And they are crooked now, to be fair. They are with... They they, are. They They really are. Like, I was so embarrassed, like, because... I don't know, I'd already be self-conscious in myself, usually about the way I look. So I love getting things like this done to make myself build up my confidence, you know. And when I looked at them, I was like nearly crying and I was like, well, I have to pay for this, like. Mm. And as other nail techs would tell you, as I've been to other nail techs before, speak up about your nails, like, and tell them what you like and what you don't like. And they Mm. should, you're paying them to do what you want, like, you know. Yes, yes. And half the time, they're not even interested. They're too busy on the phone talking to other people, talking yeah. to each other, pointing and laughing at loads of other people. You, like, you got the feeling, I think, Rachel, that you were the centre of conversation and they were having a great yeah. laugh. At, no, that's the impression you got, that they were having a great yeah, laugh at your that's expense. That's literally the impression I got, like. Yeah. Because even when I was sitting down on the chair waiting for a next the next step to come up, like I was being pointed at, I was being laughed at, like, and they were all staring at me, and that is literally one of my biggest insecurities. Like I suffer so bad with anxiety, and it, when I know that someone is laughing or looking at me, that makes me feel so self conscious about myself. It drives my anxiety through the roof. Like anyone that knows me would know well that half the time I won't leave my house because I'm so afraid of people staring and making comments against me. And to be in a shop where people are supposed to be so professional and doing your nails, it made me feel like shit like. Yeah. And it was nice like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So did you get finished eventually? Did you pay them? What happened? So... The last step I had to do was get him coloured and I showed your one what colour I wanted and she was like, I can't do that colour. And I was like, well, I seen that she had the colours and all that, like, and mm. she started, like, giving out. And it would be a, it would be an ordinary colour, like, it wouldn't be Yeah, mad. like, I wanted pink and, like, silver and glitter, like, cause yeah. that's what I'd go for, you know? Yeah. And actually, as well, before I went to her... Your man was literally, when I was speaking to him, saying that, oh, yeah, I wanted you to fix him and all that. He was, like, mocking the way I was saying yes and please and all that. And he was like, oh, you should say yes and please in this way. And I was like, sorry, what? And he started laughing and he was like, yeah, you should say it like this because it's more beautiful. He said, your voice sounds very rude and all that. I said, I'm not being rude. I'm just upset at the fact that you haven't fixed my nails the way I want them to be. Yeah, yeah. And I asked them loads to fix my nails and they just wouldn't fix them. And your one then when I was colouring and she, I was like, I want pink. And she was like, well, what fucking pink do you want? Like, I was yeah. like, I already told you I want that pink. Can you please do it that colour? Like, I wasn't giving out. Like, I was just being straight up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you were actually showing them a pink from their own selection. Yeah, and she was like, I don't have that. And I was like, well, why do you have it there and the thing if you don't have it, like? Right, right. Because you have, like, a big thing that has, like, all fake nails on it with all the colours on it, if you get what I mean. I do, I do, I do. Yeah. And how much was this all supposed to cost you, Rachel? This was supposed to cost me 25 euros. And how long would, uh, having them done like that, how long would that normally last? 
Um, like as in how long the nails would stay on? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Um, I'd always be good with my nails, even though I get really long nails. So I'd usually get a month or longer out of my nails. Right. But like if they start growing a bit longer, then I'd go get a refill, if you get what I mean. I do. So you're stuck really with what you sent us on the photograph for yeah, a couple of I weeks. Am. Did Did you pay them? You know what? I didn't want to pay them, but I paid them because I felt so uncomfortable and anxious that I just wanted to get out of the shop. I know. And they were kept saying, oh, you have to go up there now and you have to pay, you have to pay, you have to pay. If you get what I mean. I do. I do. So I just left the shop and like while I was in the shop, I was texting a girl that I know that does nails and I was telling her what happened and she was like to me that I will fix your nails for you and I'm going getting them fixed tomorrow. But on top of that, I have to pay way more money than what I did to get my nails fixed because I'm not going to let her do them for nothing. And I wouldn't let anyone do fix my nails for nothing because it's not fair. Everyone has to make a living like. Sure. So she's going to patch up what you yeah. sent us and, and make them nice, which is, which yeah. is good. But again, you shouldn't have had to pay for what, no. for the, what you sent in those pictures. No. Like, I haven't left the house since I got my nails done because I'm too embarrassed to go and get, uh, out anywhere with my nails because, like, even going to the shop, like, and, you know, paying with your money or something. Mm. Whether they are or not, you think people are staring at your nails, don't you? Yeah, you do. Because I've always get loads of comments on my nails and I come from a really small town and I know everyone, like. Yeah. And I don't know, I'd just be ashamed for someone to see my nails like this because they're shocking, like. Like, I live with my grandmother, and she was like, they're beautiful, what's wrong with them? I was like, Nana, I was like, you don't know what's wrong with my nails at all. I said, and I showed her, and she looked at my tummy, and she was like, Jesus, it's so crooked. And I was like, yeah, I know, and I started nearly crying. Like. Yeah, I know. Well, look, we're doing our best to contact the salon, and yeah. thank you for not naming them at this point. No bother. Um, but we, we'll, we'll make contact, see have they anything to say for themselves. Okay. Um, and I hope that whoever the person is fixing your nails, should they'll make them lovely again, you know? Yeah. So at least there's that. All right. And, uh, and, and thank you for calling the show. No bother. We'll see, we'll see how it works out for you. That's perfect. Thank you so, so much. That's Rachel. That's her story. We have been in touch with the premises. Uh, we're waiting to hear back from them. Sent them a number of questions. So we'll see where that one goes. 0818969696. Can I just wish safe journey to a friend of the show uh, leaving Queensland, Australia today. Uh, they're going to have a holiday in Dubai for a few days and then back to Ireland where he will become a professor, adjunct professor of public health at UCC. And I speak, of course, of Dr. Niall Conroy and his wife, whose name I have unfortunately forgotten, and their little boy, Bo, leaving Queensland today uh, to come back to Ireland. Uh, they're come back to live in Tuoman County Meath, but Niall will have a professorship in the Department of Public Health at UCC. So a uh, safe journey, guys. And hopefully, Niall, we will meet in person very, very soon. 0818 96 96 96. Matt was on from Passage West. He said he saw a swallow yesterday. This is the earliest it's ever been by a good bit. Previous earliest I saw was March 28th. Of course, they do say one swallow doesn't make a summer. No, one swallow doesn't make a spring either. Um, I haven't seen any swallows myself, Matt. 
But has anybody else seen a swallow? It would be very, very early for them. You wouldn't normally expect swallows until well into March at the earliest. Thanks. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96FM. A campaign is underway to increase access to medicinal cannabis. There have been some changes in the law over the last number of years. We've followed it closely on the program. There is a thing called the Medical Cannabis Access Program where you can get a prescription from a consultant and you can get cannabis for pain associated with multiple sclerosis, uh, nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy and for certain severe forms of epilepsy. And that is about it. And you have to get it prescribed by a consultant. There is a campaign to get it, first of all, prescribable by a GP and secondly, to widen the range of conditions for which uh, medical cannabis or medical cannabis-based products can be prescribed. Uh, One of those involved in the campaign is Dr. Russell Banta, who's a researcher at UCC. Russell, good morning to you. Good morning, Peter. You suffer from chronic pain, but you're not allowed access to the cannabis at this point in time. Uh, Yeah, so I don't qualify for the MCAP program. So the MCAP program covers three conditions that you just mentioned there. Um, and neuropathic pain has been left out of the program. So I can qualify for a ministerial license, 
but the cost of the drug could be anywhere from 500 to 1200 a month. Wow. I won't be reimbursed for that. Yeah. It's more than my rent. That's very expensive. Yeah, I know patients whose prescriptions are 4,000 euro every three months. Um, there was a PhD student who had to leave Ireland because her prescription was 10,000 euro every year. Um, like I, I did my PhD. Um, the scholarship you get is 16 grand a year. So after paying for her meds, she would have been left with like that's 62% of her money gone on medicine before rent, food, anything. Right. Like, the the thing that I'm talking about is that like even though we have the MCAP program, it's not accessible to patients, particularly like chronic pain, because they can't afford it. Nobody can afford these meds. Yeah, and they're not covered by because they're not on a normal scheme. They're not covered by yeah. the treatment cards, the drug treatment scheme, anything like that. So yeah, I believe there's one drug that's uh, currently covered. Um, and then there's a second one, Bedrocan, which they have just, um, the HPRA, I believe, have just agreed um, for its uh, reimbursement, but they haven't like decided on pricing yet. Okay. Tell us about your own pain, Russell. You had a cycling accident, did you? Yeah, I uh, was seeing my dad in the hospital. Um, I was cycling in um, to see him then go to college after, uh, and I crashed into a lorry. And I was found underneath it. I'd uh, cracked my head open. I uh, broke my T3, T4, T5 vertebrae. Um, they brought me into the hospital. I was in there for nine days. Uh, I was in a neck and back brace for nine weeks. Um, physiotherapy, you know, MRIs, CTs, all that. And, you know, I thought kind of when I was walking after that, like, that was the end of it. Um, and... I, I just started suffering from facial pain after that. I went for loads of different scans, started getting dental procedures done. Um, you know, no pathology was showing up. They started me on NSAIDs, um, antidepressants, uh, just you know, anti-seizure medication, stuff like that. None yeah. of it worked, yeah. except for steroids. Yeah, which you don't want to be taking. Um, oh. Yeah, I was at um, the press conference with Gino Kenny um, earlier in the week, and one of the patients there was on his seventh course of steroids and he was there on two crutches because his uh, hips had completely degraded. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Um, and have yeah. you tried a cannabis-based product for this pain of yours? Uh, medicinal? No, I've, I've literally had to source it myself. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm at because I was even speaking to my doctor and he was outlining even just the prices for side effects. Mm. I'd be starting at 500 euro a month. Like that's, that's, that's the low end. And we don't even, so the one I'm interested in getting in is the non-psychoactive form. Yeah. Um, which is like, you're not getting that illegally in Ireland. Like what dealer is selling like the non-psychoactive form of THC? It's not the one people are interested in. Yeah. Um, we should come so back I'm I suppose, to Russell, and just just re remind people that there are two forms of cannabis-based medicine. Yeah. One is CBD, which you can buy in an awful lot of places. Now I've used it myself, yeah. uh, but the other one is the stronger one for pain like yours has the THC yeah. in it. Yeah, and you have like multiple forms of THC. So you have THCA, um, which is you know not decarboxylated, so it's not psychoactive when you ingest it. And then you have THC, and when that's decarbed, it gives you the psychoactive effects. 
Um, and particularly, I'm just interested in getting a pill of the non-psychoactive form or an oil of the non-psychoactive form, which mm. is something that you just cannot find in Ireland. Yeah. Um, and, so and does I'm the legally available, the legally available uh, CBD-based products, and they come in various strengths, do they have any effect yeah. on your pain? No, I've tried loads of them. They don't work. That's the issue. And even if they did work, like CBD is like expensive by itself. Um, I know a patient whose prescription for like a small bottle of CBD is, um, I believe, fifty euro. Yeah, um, but then nice. I think for a for a three month prescription, then I believe it costs them um, twelve hundred every three months. Yeah, the good stuff is expensive. Is the good the good stuff is quite expensive. So. And, if you, if you had a consultant, and do you have a consultant, Russell, who'd be w- willing to write you a prescription? Were you able to get the dose yes. you want? You do. Yeah, um, I actually have the letter here. Um, so he's written to Stephen Donnelly twice. This is the second time he's written to him, um, and we're trying to get Satavex at the moment. Mm. But um, he wrote to Stephen Donnelly in July of last year. Right. Um, and I've not heard anything since, um, and I've been dealing with this since 2018. And talk to me about your your pain, Russell. Like as we speak now, are you in pain? Um, it's not as bad in the morning, and I'm taking steroids at the moment as well. So, um, like the thing is, um, the steroids take a few days to kick in for me. Um, so I timed taking my steroids to go do this press conference up in Dublin. Even then, it was pretty horrific. Um, and I can only be at this dose of steroids for a week. And describe the pain. And then, Where is it? Uh, it's like uh, my left jaw, whole left jaw. Right. Um, and it just gets progressively worse throughout the day, like someone's pouring hot oil into my mouth. Um, and then an itch as well, like literally like someone just took a wad of nettles and jammed it into my mouth of hot oil. My goodness me. And that's constant. Yeah. Uh, throughout the day it gets worse and without sleep it gets worse. So like it keeps me up at night. The next day I'm, I have less sleep so it kicks in earlier in the day. Right. And, um, and when you and take continues, the cannabis yeah. that you source yourself, how good yeah. is the relief? Um, it's pretty good. It's as like equal to the steroids or even better. Um, the only thing is the steroids, you just can't stay on long term. Mm. You can't sleep um, with them. You put on weight with them. No. Yeah. Yeah. They can damage and your psychosis is, yeah, psychosis is like um, a major issue with them and they damage your bones. Cushing syndrome if you take them orally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's just a load of side effects with them. Um, I'm not saying there's no side effects to cannabis either. Mm-hmm. But the difference of cannabis and opiates, for example, is you can get a license for six months of cannabis. Mm-hmm. And I know patients who have filled a three-month prescription of cannabis, and there's not a doctor out in Ireland that is writing more than a month prescription of opiates. Yes, yes. Like you can't, like you can't get a three-month prescription of opiates and no. fill it all out. No. The doctors are differing though, don't they, on on what, yes. like if you take um, one side says there's no scientific data to uh, worth talking about to, to prove the effects that you're saying you feel, which makes no sense. And, and then there are those yeah. who say, well, of course, 
if if Russell feels feels relief, then then that's obvious. And for as long as the doctors are arguing about it, it's very hard to get anything anything moving. Is it that are the two are the two aims of the campaign to widen the number of things for which it can be prescribed? Point one and point two to have GPs able to prescribe it. Yeah, I think that would be a brilliant idea. So the issue that I found is I've had one of my pain specialists when I went in. I initially went in asking for um, another course of steroids because my pain was that bad at the time. Mm. And he said, stay off that shit. Excuse my language, but that's what he said. You'll end up breaking your back and then you'll know what real pain feels like. And the thing is, if he'd even read my medical file, he'd know I had broken my back. And then I asked him about the cannabis prescription. Yeah. And he said, there was no evidence to support the use of cannabis in the treatment of neuropathic pain. The thing is, I did four years of an undergrad in chemistry and a four-year PhD in chemistry. And I'd gone in there with a dozen papers, all showing that it means neuropathic and chronic pain. And he didn't want to hear it. Right. But so, uh, yeah, my neurologist yeah. is... Willing to write about this in my GP, yeah. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous, do you know? It is absolutely ridiculous. The thing is, I'm I'm going in there as someone, you know, like chemistry is something I'm pretty well versed in, but not every patient is going to go in there with the knowledge I have. Like, they're going to leave that office with his expert opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, you know, and... The information out there is hard to find. Like the information on the MCAT program for ages was hard to find. The prices of the drugs was hard to find for ages. And like my my neurologist, my GP, and uh, my oral surgeon, like none of them knew even how to go about applying for the program initially. Yeah. So it's it's almost as if just, they don't want you to really get it, and it's a kind of a token gesture. We'll give licenses because people are complaining, but we actually yeah. don't really want you to get it. Well, there's there's right now this program, the MCAT program has been running for five years and there's, I believe, under five patients on it. Mm. No. And then there's, I believe, 70 patients on the ministerial license. Yeah. But that's 70, 70 people out of five million. There is another argument, Russell, that one has to bring up, sort of as a as a <laughs> an item of balance. We are dealing with a drug here that is illegal in its true form in Ireland, yeah. and that many people who work in addiction would say, "Look, if you let this in, and if you give." give out the legalised cannabis it could be a gateway to other addictions. They do warn that. What I would say is there's not a single medication on you know the Irish market that a patient cannot harm themselves with. Mm. There's no medication out there without side effects. I'm currently taking medications that could leave me crippled for the rest of my life. Indeed. Well, and I'm not saying that it doesn't have side effects. Yes. But compared to other drugs, it is benign. Yes, and and like we don't give everyone penicillin, and we you know, mm. and we also don't expect ins or you know diabetics to produce their own insulin at home. Yes, we don't. Like it should, it this this should be something that 
doctors are taken care of and, you know, dispensaries are taken care of, not patients and not going to dealers. There's the thing. There's the thing. And if you want to know about so-called legal and safe and easily available drugs that do chronic harm, watch Dope Sick. Yeah, I've, I've been told to watch that many times. I just haven't found the uh, time to watch it. Watch it, watch it, watch it Russell. And apart from that, Nels, to see Michael Keaton at his absolute best. It's a, remark- <laughs> it's a remarkable television show, but it's frightening. Frightening. Yeah. And it's, here you, here you are, you want a drug that you know will work. You're a chemist. You have a PhD in chemistry. You know it'll work. And everyone's saying, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, and it's, the thing is, I'm, I've never said that like cannabis has zero f- side effects because to say that about any medication or any drug is foolish. Mm. Yeah. But just compared to everything else I've taken, like it's it's benign. Like even compared to alcohol and tobacco, benign. And the thing is, the price of this is prohibitive. Yeah, the price. The like price. The, the price is ridiculous. The price is ridiculous. The government is saying that for I believe seventy five percent of patients that they will cover the cost, and that they will write the license for the other twenty five percent of patients. But they're making it like impossible. Like I, my neurologist wrote last year about this. And I'm like, right now I'm trying to figure out I need surgeries at the moment because I've been in A&E three times in the last two months mm. with sepsis um, because my body is rejecting a tooth in the front of my mouth after the crash. And I've already had procedures done on that. I have an issue with the submandibular gland, which is also causing infections. Like I've gone in fever, delirious. Oh, I've left with like morphine pills and hopped up in steroids and stuff like that. And Do you know what? I'm, like this I'm, isn't the only issue I have. I'm, I'm even I'm even twitching here at the thought of the pain you must be in. And 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 thank you for for taking my call today, Russell. I wish you well with it. And the, the, the description of his pain is just scary. Thanks, Russell. Uh, he's one of the campaigners looking for a broadening in access to medical cannabis. He's Dr. Russell Banta, researcher and PhD at UCC. And you know, as someone who, and the good stuff is expensive, even the legal good stuff, the CBD, is expensive to get the good stuff. But as someone who used it for a while, for this blasted arthritis that I have for years of dragging speakers and amplifiers around the country in all sorts of awful weather in the dead of night. I have arthritis in my back and my shoulders. And I've used the, the legal stuff. And it makes a difference, I'll tell you that for nothing. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. Presented by the RTE Concert Orchestra in association with Cork Opera House, the jazz legend show celebrates Charlie Mingus' 100th anniversary and Miles Davis' Kind of Blue album. It comes to the Opera House on Friday, April 22nd, with tickets on sale now. Access all areas.
31 years since the release of their seminal debut album, Immigrants, Emigrants and Me, Power of Dreams released the long-awaited Auslander last year and are following it up with an Irish tour that takes in Cypress Avenue on Sunday, March 13th. Tickets are on sale now from cypressavenue.ie. Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Quark's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quark's 96FM. Now we're going to go back um, to Ukraine. Hopefully we've got a good connection to uh, Uzerod is the place I'm thinking of. I think I'm trying to pronounce it, Uzerod. And Rudolf, good morning to you. Hello. Hello, guys. Hi there. Uh, Rudolf, you work with a Christian organization and you do things like supply orphanages with with stuff and essential services. But tell me about where you Uh, are right now and how close you are to to the trouble. I'm a director of Charitable Foundation, of this family of Christ. Okay. So... Yeah, this maybe I just didn't say it correct. Uh, we are uh, we are on the west of the part of Ukraine, and we are accept now refugees, and we are accept uh, refugees orphans, because in uh, east and central of Ukraine was uh, too much, too was bombarding, and like a, too many rockets was going, and now we are uh, trying to help for orphans who are from dead regions come to the west of Ukraine. And we are trying to give them everything what they need. Uh, now they need gas, and now they need uh, food, uh, pillows, beds, and everything. So we are trying to help uh, our government. We are support our government. We are support our army. Uh, Ukraine uh, are trying to hold on all this crazy guy who are under, he want to control the world because this is not only war in Ukraine. This is Europe and the whole world. And we need understanding that uh, uh, Ukraine sent, uh, made it the Budapest Memorandum in 1994. Sure. And there's a lot of countries was uh, give us uh, like, like uh, uh, yeah. support that we will be protecting from the different attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what is the uh, whole dunding uh, America, Great Britain. I remember there was who signed the paper of that Budapest memorandum to not bring the their army in Ukraine and to stop all this is uh, smashing because today in the morning uh, Russia uh, Russian soldiers take it Ukrainians uh, say, uh, flags uh, take it Ukrainians uh, uniform mm-hmm. and came in the center of Kiev and beginning shooting of the civil people. Yeah, yeah, they are moving on, they are moving on Kiev as we speak. How far are you, uh, Rudolf, in Uzrod, how far are you from, from things like tanks and strikes and... Uh, we are, uh, we are from Kiev 10 hours to drive. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so you are, your own operation is relatively safe at the moment is it yes we don't have nothing uh, our uh, special forces and uh, policemen really work well and they was arresting before 
this everything beha- uh, happened. They are uh, arresting terrorists uh, who are came to our territory to do this provocation and and blowing probably bridges. What they doing in the central of Ukraine and in the east and blowing the army base and everything to do the chaos that they are everywhere. You know, this is chaos where you just shoot one bump and beginning people thinking that you are everywhere. Yeah. Are you worried about the supplies that you 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 give out as part of your charity work? Uh, did I'm worrying? Uh, no, we are have a great team. Uh, each of us understanding what we need to do, that we need concentrating and help as many people as we can, mm. because uh, so many refugees families are moved from uh, Kiev, and we will have uh, so many refugees from that part, and so many people are trying to leave the country. Mm. We are trying to them uh, give that this is a time break that they will understand that everything yeah. has come down. Here's the peaceful. Don't worry, don't rush. Yeah. No panic, Are you no worried, chaos. though, Rudolf, that the Russians might encroach on your part of Ukraine? Uh, we are ha- we are a part of uh, we are really close to Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, and Poland. This is our part of Ukraine. Yeah. If you will look on the map, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But do you uh, do you worry that the Russians might come and try to take over that part, just like they're coming to take over Kiev? Uh, no, because we have a strong army. Uh, our army working really well. Uh, our uh, soldiers who are was based here, ten thousands, they were beginning moving to the central of Ukraine. Our army more stronger than uh, somebody thinking uh, because the, we have a support from Great Britain and USA and different countries like uh, Litva and everything, Slovakia. Mm. And uh, army are really in good condition because eight years of war. And eight years, can you imagine all this was preparing? Yes. Everybody was ready, practical and everything. So this is army really strong, mm. but we don't have a pr- protecting really well, like uh, what we see in air. And what was really snaked uh, that uh, Belarus, they came from the Belarus side. Mm. This was really snaky. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen now? I see they're reporting that the president, your president has said this morning that the enemy has marked him as number one target and now we know that there are troops entering Kiev and and what do you think is going to happen now Rudolf? Uh, I'm thinking the army will be more stronger uh, because we are home we are in our land and nobody will not do the steps uh, on the back and everybody will more support our army you know when you're at home nobody cannot get out of you from your land you know and as soon as uh, the many soldiers will, uh, from Russian side will die, there's more will be revolution in Russia because Petersburg, Moscow, uh, they're doing revolution inside in country. So we didn't have this information, but we see how from different bloggers, they're sending like, we are support Ukraine, we are support Ukraine. They go out and they're doing protests in their country. Uh, I, I believe that uh, as soon as possible, Great Britain, uh, Europe and USA will take off, uh, turning off the switch, uh, bank, uh, swift, yeah. swift, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Russia will, uh, immediately will die by their inside in country. Yeah. The, the talk is of sanctions to destroy or quench the Russian economy, but that won't happen today or tomorrow. That will take time in which time people will be hurt and people will die. Yes, this is this what is I didn't like it that uh, uh, what is uh, now need to do USA and they just need that oh we are uh, we want to support Budapest memorandum let's go in country 
And if they will bring their army, this is the war will stop it in the same minute when will first Great Britain or American soldiers will go in our land. This is the war will stop it immediately. Yeah, I guarantee you. And you know, Rudolph, here in Cork, in Ireland, I, I expressed on this program the other morning to my listeners that as a as an ordinary man, I, I felt helpless. I felt there was nothing that I could do for you or for anybody else in, in your country. I feel helpless. Is there any way that I can help? Is there any way that we here can help you and your people? Uh, you need guys uh, motivating your nation and uh, share the true information and be preparing humanitarian help. Uh, you can help uh, with uh, support the army. There's uh, finance and accounts. You can support our charitable foundation. You can support different ways we're using in country because our economy go a little bit less down and we need uh, more support will be finances because people will need food, water, and a shower and a place where they can stay. This is what we will be helping. You can sorting your clothes, you can uh, prepare the different nation and preparing to send it. This is when will be everything stopped. You can send in Ukraine. And this is, will be big blessing for the people because they don't need using their money, what they will bless that they have. And this is what be inspiring that we are feeling support in all country. If you will go outside in a protest, and support that your, gov- uh, your government will support our government. This will be the biggest blessing for our country. Okay, well, I wish you safety. That's what I wish to anybody I'm speaking to in Ukraine today and indeed over these last couple of days. I wish you safety. Rudolf, thank you for being with us on the Opinion Line from uh, the place called Yuzhorod, which is in the, if you like, if there is a safe side of Ukraine, he's on the safe side of Ukraine, closer to Poland. Uh, presently, no violence where he is, but about 10 hours away from Kiev. And the latest on that, just was just checking there a while ago with the, the Independent have on their website. There's 137 now dead, 100,000 are fleeing the country. Putin's forces now in the northern districts of Kiev. And the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, has said, I will stay in the capital. My family is here. Men of fighting age from 16 to 60 now not allowed to leave Ukraine. Uh, the UK Defence Secretary claims that Putin wants to take all of Ukraine. And of course the sanctions are beginning to bite. It's, it's horrible. This is a... It's just horrible. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast or on 96FM.ie the lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yep, last hour of the day, last hour of the week. 0818969696. Cash Cow will be here in the next 40 minutes, I would predict. Cash Cow, you got the password from Casey and Ross this morning. Not going to give it to you again. 
You might find it if you go looking around for us in, on the Instagram page. But I'm not going to give it to you, but I will be looking for it from you in the next while to play another round of Cash Cow. Also, we'll be giving you another listen to Fiona's Clue for our Furniture Centre giveaway with a 500 euro voucher. Give that away before we finish today. I'm going to go back to the subject of mortgages and saving for a mortgage, or at least trying to save for a mortgage in just a sec. But just an observation, and I don't know if this is directly related to Ukraine or is just a coincidence. But remember, we're talking about things, prices are going to start going up. The price of gas, for example, could go up. And there was that gas pipeline story already as part of the the Ukraine story. I, I make a, a fairly regular stop uh, in the shop on my way in in the morning. And, and one of the things I'd be looking for is water. I go through an awful lot of bottled water while I'm working here. And I'd tell you where I go. I go to Tesco's. I go to a Tesco on the Douglas Road there, the one down near Sinfin Bars. And I would be there two, maybe three mornings a week, picking up on water and a few bananas, a few bits of fruits, you know, as you do kind of thing. And I went in there this morning and there wasn't a drop, not a drop of bottled water left on the shelves. What there was was some flavoured fizzy stuff, which I'd wouldn't be bothered with and plenty of the small bottles of fizzy water and some large bottles of fizzy water but no bottles of plain ordinary not a drop not a single bottle of water none of the big drums none of the small bottles none of the big not a drop of bottled water Uh, apparently there could well be a problem with the fizzy water or any fizzy products within a period of days or weeks because another thing that will be affected by this will be carbon dioxide or carbon, yeah, carbon dioxide production. But I just has anybody seen things starting to disappear off the shelves? Already this week, the bottle of water that I would buy of the morning of a morning has gone up by 10 cent. And then it disappears. I'm just wondering, are any other products starting to disappear off the shelves and how much of it is down to supply chain issues or supply chain fears, rather, with regards to to Ukraine. If you've seen anything, let me know at 0818969696. Now, Katrina was listening yesterday to Justin Cullinan, um, who was talking about, you know, saving for a mortgage. Um, and uh, we had a good chat about putting your money aside, making sure that your bank accounts are in order, financial hygiene, all of that. Katrina, you were listening. Good morning to you. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good. What's your own situation? Um, well, I suppose basically, like myself, my husband now, we're kind of when renting the last four and a half, five years. Um, like the rent started off at eight hundred a month, and then it's kind of gone up to nine fifty. Mm. Um, now obviously, I've been out of work over the last probably year and a half, two years, just having a baby during the pandemic, and obviously, where I'm working, the sector had to close, obviously, due to COVID and things like that. So, um basically kind of we've been trying our best I suppose the last nearly year to kind of get back on track with saving for a mortgage and things like that and to be fair to us we've kind of saved up nearly just enough for the 10% for a deposit Um, I'm just kind of making a point across really like that even though you are renting no matter if it's 800 a month to 1200 a month that it is hard to rent and to kind of save for a mortgage and 
Mm. Especially if you're like, you know, being out of work. Not, obviously, we're not the only people out there that have been out of work due to COVID and things like that. But it, it is hard at times because obviously you're paying rent, paying bills, trying to save for a mortgage and things like that, you know. And like if you were trying to put together, a, if you were trying to put together a deposit now, how much would you have to set aside? Um, basically like the bank that we're with at the moment have told us that you obviously need the 10% for your deposit but not just for the deposit alone you would also need an extra between five and six thousand euro that is for your solicitor's fees for the engineering side of things if anything needs to be done to the house like internally or anything that that obviously that 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 five or six thousand it could possibly be more depending on on the condition of the house that is extra that we will need to save extra on top of the 10 percent as well ourselves mm. so it's not just the 10 percent you need you'll probably need an extra like I said, between five and six thousand euro extra. Then on top of that, do you know? You're probably looking at, I mean, what the average price of a house at the moment. You won't get any change out of three hundred thousand. So you're no, you wouldn't like. You're looking at thirty. Like you're at thirty thousand deposit plus another. So you're looking at about thirty six or thirty seven thousand just in the bank before you can get a mortgage. Yeah, exactly. If not a little bit more than that, um, like we're kind of looking at something between one fifty and two fifty, to be honest, a thousand ourselves. Um, but like I said in the text yesterday, and like what we want is a nice size house with a good decent garden, um, and with that alone, like to find anything like that in on like the west or east side of Cork, it's impossible. Mm. Um, like we've looked at a few houses that have been in our price range and going in they're fine but you have to look at the interior side of things that like if a house needs an extra when it comes to rewiring of things if anything needs to be electrically done or anything that you're talking about an extra maybe 50 to 100,000 on top of what you're paying already for the house that needs to be done I know you're looking to buy an older house or buy a new buy a new build Um. To be honest, we're kind of a bit of both. Like we'd love, like the bank have told us that we could find a house for 150000 that's movable into straight away. It'd be great because that way then we can just pay off the mortgage and then we won't have to pay on rent. But like it's it's just impossible really to do. 150000 um, Yeah. They reckon, they reckon you should be able to find a house for 150000 that's what they've told us that we find a house for one hundred and fifty thousand. That's the that, that, that you can get, move into straight. Well, do they want you? Do they want you to live on Rockall or somewhere? That's I have no idea to be honest, PJ. And like looking at the houses that we've have seen at those at those prices, like it's what what needs to be going into it. You're probably paying double that again, if not that bit more again. Do you know, the only thing you do to and a house for one hundred and fifty thousand is bulldoze it. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there would they be old style cottages, you know, that like maybe a farmer have left behind or that's in the family and it's just kind of there and kind of not rotting away, but kind of deteriorating a bit, you know. Mm. Um, and we did go and look at houses that were up to two fifty thousand that we might be able to afford. And even at that, you're looking about going at least an hour away traveling wise. That's to and from work. Yeah. Um and that's not including like dropping off the small fella to my parents or anything like that to to babysit or to mind or anything like that. Like, you know, so yeah. I just think that like Do you mind me oh, asking like said, Katrina what age you yeah. guys are? And um, we're the early thirties to be honest. Early thirties, yeah, yeah. 
you know, and I, I, when I look at the comparison, like by the time, by the time I was in my early thirties, I, I, I had had, well, we'd had, we had the kids and I was in my, we were in a house and we were paying our mortgage and it was manageable. It was hard, but it was manageable. And I look at it now and I think, God almighty, what hope have people got of even starting? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I don't think, I do take into consideration you now like the bank do look into that we that they can see that we're saving because we're paying we're paying a rent um and I know that's taken into consideration but I think like for first time buyers or people who are already buying a house and they're looking to buy something else that I don't think they actually realize like what else extra has to be done or looked into when you're buying a house you know it's not just you're paying a mortgage and have your deposit you still have to look at the extra 5,000 if not extra 10,000 that needs to go in to renovating the house up or getting the electrical side of things that you have running water you know you you need a safety valve you absolutely do need a safety yeah. valve yeah 100%, even, 100%. Even, if even if you're only renovating i mean we did some work at home there in the last year to 18 months and the safety valve was so important because someone can walk into you of an afternoon and go actually before we can proceed we need to put a bit of steel in there and that's going to cost you two and a half grand yeah, or like the the roof needs to be taken down, or there's dampness in the house, and yeah, those walls awful. need to be knocked. You're looking at you're looking at more than what you actually think you need. So, basically, so really, like where do you, you know? see yourself in a year's time, Katrina? Um, well, last year I suppose we were kind of hoping at the end of this year we'd be in the house and happy out and have our first Christmas in our new house and everything. But the way things are going and the way the prices are are elevating every day, and even looking at Daft or MyHome.ie. Every so often you may see one or two new houses that you haven't seen from the day before. Mm. But like even looking at that, you, what I've noticed is the same houses day in, day out that are up for sale. And you might get one or two that have been underpriced and you might get one or two that have stayed the same. Like there's been no new houses coming available for us new first time buyers, you know, which I think can be a little bit frustrating as well. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I think you see you see yourself stuck in exactly the same position as you're in right now, which is most unfortunate. I wish you well, Katrina. I really do. I just hope it works out for you. I hope it works out. I would. I will. God, the thoughts. Very little keeps me awake at night, but the thoughts of trying to get into a housing market. Uh, I don't know, Katrina. Thanks to you and your husband. Good luck, and indeed to the the little lad. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. A reminder to you, you'll have got the big sports story this morning, of course, that the Champions League final has been moved out of St. Petersburg and will now be played in Paris. That's the big sports story this morning. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Every year, you join us to support a very worthy cause. And each time, we're astonished by your amazing generosity. If you need a light to shine it. Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 26th to 28th for Cork Cancer Services. And once again, we're asking you to include us in your diary. Include us in your diary. Start thinking now about fun ways to fundraise. You could also host a coffee break or fill one of our change collector boxes. I'll be everything you want to. I'll be there. 
the Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services, May 26 to 28. Only on Cork 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 83 On Cork's 96FM. Just coming back to one or two things we've been talking about this morning on chronic pain. Pauline was on to say, I suffer from fibromyalgia and arthritis and I live my life in constant pain. I have to go about life and work, but when I get a bad flare-up, I'm bedridden. Nothing, I mean nothing, takes the pain away. It's heartbreaking for anyone that has chronic pain. So I'm totally in tune with that doctor. And by the way, yes, Dope Sick is an amazing show. Thank you, Pauline, for that. Speaking of amazing shows, one we're advertising there at the moment. I've seen this. I have two episodes left and I'm almost not allowing myself to watch them because I want to hold on to them. Um, Reacher. It's advertised there uh, here. It's on Amazon Prime. It's based on the Jack Reacher books. And I mean, there have been Jack Reacher movies with Tom Cruise. Let's say no more about that. But this is brilliant. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Reacher and it's an eight-parter and it's fabulous. And another great show that I talked about uh, during the last couple of months is Smother. It's the hit drama on RTE. Uh, it's a joint, uh, joint operation between RTE and BBC. And it has been... Uh, approved for a third series and in fact as we speak the cameras are rolling in Le Hinch in County Clare on season 3 of Smother which we understand will hit screens around January of 2023 and you know it centres on these this extremely dysfunctional family of utterly crazy people And for some reason, it works. It works because the setting is brilliant. It works because the writing is brilliant. It works because it's so brilliantly made and so brilliantly acted. And it's written by a Cork woman. Uh, If you look at the credits at the start, Kate O'Reardon. She grew up in Bantry. She's based in the UK. And she's the writer behind Smother. And I wanted to have a chat with her for the opinion line. So we've done just that. So Kate, we've just finished season two and I was saying to my wife, as the credits were rolling, there's got to be a season three. There is. Like, did you ever expect Smother to go to three seasons? Uh, In some ways, we did. And I suppose really it was, I wasn't sure if people would take to it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that, you know, because they're so flawed, the characters. Mm. Um, and, you know, some of them do very dislikable things. And I thought, well, uh, you know, that could really backfire. And people say, I just can't watch these awful people and what's that. But actually, the truth is, I love watching awful people on television. And you know, I think that's the essence of drama. Yeah. Um, you know, but nice people don't make such good drama. So kind of part of me thought... As long as they realise, you know, that they have good sides to them as well, that it will take off. And the landscape, of course, and everything, all of that. The fact that it's such a great cast helps with the characters. Hugely. I mean, because they can get all those nuances and things like that. And they can do something really bad, but you can see in their face or their eyes or whatever that, you know, that they did maybe something really bad for a good reason. Mm. Um. 
And yeah, it does. It helps enormously. What's particularly good with the writing, I find, as a viewer, is that you only need to wait around because eventually your question will be answered. Yes, we do. I mean, we work very hard on the scripts. Um, and Michael Park, uh, he's a Dublin guy. He's over them like in like a rash. Um, and sometimes you look at it at the beginning and you think, how am I ever going to make anything out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and just we just keep going at it and finessing and finessing. Mm. And we just try and make sure that it adds up with what's happening with the next episode. Mm. And we've got a great team of writers as well. I don't do it all. Mm. Um, so I'm just over their scripts so that they kind of... In the end, their script sounds like my voice, or it sounds like you were all kind of talking the same voice. Is the origin from your own writing, Kate? Is it from a story, from a book? Where is it from? The origin of Smother. The origin of Smother goes back a while. It was originally meant to be about uh, stepmothers. Hmm. And in the States, they call stepmother smother sometimes. And I thought that was like a really cute title. Um, and then I don't know what happened. It went by the by and then went on to other things. Hmm. And then somebody said to me, uh, Michael Park, who works at the BBC, um, what if it had a thriller aspect? Because that's what I like to, to read and watch on TV myself anyway, and I'm a total true crime addict. Is it a story that you originally wrote or were you commissioned to write it? No, I was commissioned to write it. Hmm. So it was never originally a novel or a short story or anything like that. It was originally a script, a script that didn't have a thriller element. And then once we added the thriller element, who killed Dennis, hmm. um, then it just sort of really took on its own life. So we tried to keep the thriller element going in season two as well. Yeah. And we're throwing the book thriller element at it in season three, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for it. Now, given your own strong West Cork roots, not going to say for one second that Claire and La Hinch and Ennis Diamond <laughs> aren't the most beautiful places to film this. <laughs> but West Cork, my God, Kate, did you miss a trick? No, not at all. And you know, my heart and soul would put it in West Cork if I had the chance. These things, and I'm, I'm asked this in Bantry whenever I'm home all the time. What about us? What about us? It's nothing to do with that. It's all to do with logistics. It's to do with where there are film crews. Yeah. And there isn't, to the best of my knowledge, like a permanent film crew in Cork, whereas there is in Galway. This is more an RTE thing now than you know, and probably above my paper knowledge-wise. But I do remember we had uh, just even getting something uh, located on the West at all was, mm. was a big thing because nearly everything that you see is either Dublin or Wicklow or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they uh, that was as far south. They also, to be honest with you, they needed cliffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> season yeah. one, they absolutely had to have cliffs. Yeah. So, um, and, you also, yeah, and you also need, um, because there's a very big crew, so it's not just the cast. Hmm. So you need facilities for accommodation and for them to eat and things like that. Yeah. But Claire was as southern as they could go. Yeah. I, ma- I imagine the, the, the tourist board in, in La Hinch is delighted and, and the people who have the hotel near the Cascades, that beautiful... Waterfall and Ennis Simon, they're, they're all delighted with with it. It's just a wonderful package, I think, overall is the best way to describe it. And we look forward to, to season three. And I think we got the we got the trailer for season three at the end of at the end of season two where Grace goes to the door 
and says to Joe, you need to know the truth. And that's the opener of it. Just before I let you go, Kate, you also worked on another big favourite in Coogan Towers. Mr. Selfridge, what a show. I know. I know. That was amazing. Fantastic four years. Um, we did four series of that. And that's what we set out to do four years and no more. And topped and tailed it. And it was and uh, uh, like yeah, a cast of thousands. It was an astonishing experience. All done in from studios in an ancient carpet factory in North London somewhere. I saw a documentary about that actually. Fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they built everything from scratch. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Any future projects we'd be interested in? Um, at the moment working like flat out on Smother 3 because of course we work a year in advance and mm. I'm just back from Lynch um, and I have a few other things in the pipeline but it's the kiss of death PJ to say <laughs> any more at this stage yeah. because you know as soon as you've said it that's the end of it yeah but, yeah no I do have quite a few things that I'm you know looking to, to work on well it'll, it'll be the winter I suppose of 2023 the early winter of 2023 then before we see probably season three. January again I should think yeah, yeah yeah well we we look very much forward to it your next fix. We look, yeah. we look very much forward to it, Kate. It's, it's wonderful. It's superb television, great storytelling, and uh, certainly in my house, and I know when I mentioned it to my listeners one morning, they love it. So you're, you're on to a good thing, and congratulations. Thank you so much. Delighted to have you on the programme. Thanks, Kate. My pleasure. Yeah, Kate O'Reardon, the writer of Smother Season 3 filming at the moment down in uh, County Clare and to be on our screens in early 2023 and uh, you've heard the end of twenty two of Season 2 where Grace knocks on the door and tells Gar the Joe he needs to hear the truth. What a way to end a series. 0818 96 96 96. Listen, just something that comes to mind this morning. I want to send regards and best wishes to a young little friend of mine who had a horrendous day of surgery yesterday uh, in the hospital in Crumlin. Uh, he was nine hours in surgery and is in a lot of pain, but slow hard road to recovery but it's just one of many many surgeries in his young life I speak of Hassan Ben Hafaf one of the Ben Hafaf twins Uh, surgery yesterday in Dublin long hard day in surgery Uh, one of the many surgeries he's had in his young young life but wish him well and our thoughts are with with him and with his brother and with his dad and with his mum and with his sisters. 0818 96 96 96. The Corks 96 FM Cash Cow. With Mahan Point for fashion, film, food and fun. Don't wait till the cows come home. Get moving to Mahan Point. See mahanpointsc.ie. Right. Thousands and thousands of euro. How much moolah? Can you milk from the Cork's 96FM cash cow? You got the password this morning with Casey and Ross. What is it? Get on to us now at 083 396 96 96. Give us your name. Give us the password. We'll call somebody back. Take them on the air. There's money to be won. But if the cow moves, you lose. So get texting now with your name and the password. 083 396 96 96 Bernie says you had a great and interesting and unmissable show until you ruined my day by saying smother is coming back ah Bernie 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 
Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Okay. The Cork's 96FM Cash Cow. With Man Point for fashion, film, food and fun. Don't wait till the cows come home. Get moving to Man Point. See manpointsc.ie. There you go. Hello, Sharon. Hello, PJ. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Now, you heard the sound of the moo. I did. We don't want to hear that again, because what happens... Um, I lose. That's right. If cow moves, <laughs> you lose. There'll be hairy baby T-shirts made up with that on it eventually by the time we're finished with this. <gasps> so we got some money there for you. I know how much money is there. You don't. Okay. We're going to let the clock go. All right. And you'll hear an amount and we can stick and take it or we can hold on and wait. It can go up. It can go down. But if the cow moves... You lose. Are you ready to rock? I am. I am. All right, Sharon, let's do it. 150 euro. Right. What do you want to do? Um, I'll go on. The play on. Okay, play here on. we go. 50 euro. Oh. Oh, um, I'll play on. You'll play on. You're a brave woman. Let's see what happens next. Let's not move now yet. Come on. 200 euro. Ooh, that's better. What do you want to do? Mm, oh, crikey. Um, Moral dilemma time. Here we go. I'll take it. You'll take, take it. 50 euro. Yeah. Good. Well, it went down to 50. You'll take it. That's great. Let me see what we could have done. Let okay. me see what we could have done. Are we ready? You ready for this? I am. Go ahead. 250 euro. That's where we that's where we were headed, but not too bad. Not too bad at all. No, no, I'm I'm happy with what I got. Thank you. Good for you, good for you. All right. 250 euro with Cash Cow. Our latest winner. Thank you, Sharon. I'll put you back on there to Fiona and we can start out all the details with you. Thanks for that. 0818-9696. I just dropped her by mistake there, Fiona. We need to give her a call back. That's Sharon Horgan, our latest winner. On the Cash Cow on Cork's 96FM. Simon will play in the afternoon, Lorraine play in the evening. Loads Moolah to give away. Cork's 96FM Cash Cow with Mahan Point. Catch a movie, explore over 60 stores and shop till the cows come home on Thursdays and Fridays. Mahanpointsc.ie for all the deeds you need. And it's only on Cork's 96FM. We were talking earlier on to Rachel who had a bit of a disaster with her nails and we were wondering... You know, do you pay for something if you're not happy with it? Rachel did because she just wanted to get out of there and didn't want the grief. Um, Deirdre in Douglas says, you get what you pay for. I pay 40 quid for a refill. Nails are about 60 quid everywhere else. The price says it all, says this message. Normally I'd get mine done in the same salon, says Sheila, and at least you know what you're getting and who you're getting it from. If you find a salon you're happy with, you should stick with them. Uh, I'm trying to tone down a colour at the moment in my hair. First time back at the hairdresser's, the colour is really bad. I smiled, of course, paid, and left. And CB says, I've paid in pure shock 
The poor girl, I know how she feels. I got a haircut before Christmas. I said three times, do not cut it shorter than my jaw. It was supposed to be a good trim. My hair was well below the shoulders. She gave me a short cut. I've worn a hat since because I'm so embarrassed. 0818 96 96 96. Cast your minds back, if you will, to earlier in the week on the opinion line when we took a call from James. If anyone I'd appreciate it, see anything at all, any, any little thing to be really, really, really appreciated, okay. any bit of information that we could put this to, put a bit of lightness that could, you know, the girls were notified. But at the same time, if someone wanted to put it somewhere and bring it back and drop it and ring the station or just ring someone and ju- or just leave it somewhere public that we can get it, that's grand with me too. Just to get it back, I don't give it time. I don't mean more about just to get it back. I want it back. If we can get it back for her, okay. that's it. And there'll be yeah. more about it? No more about it. I don't give it toss or what. I just drop it and I can pick it up. That was James talking about his daughter's horse box, which had been stolen from their yard last weekend and he was just hoping against hope that it would be recovered. James, you got it back. Good morning. What a day. What a fantastic day. Got it back. Um, accidental. What really happened? A friend of mine serviced the box last year and put brakes and stuff and going through it and um, he was away on holidays last week but he got back on what night was uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night was it? Um, yeah, Wednesday night and he had the commotion he rang me and he says did you get it back? And I said no. He said you know that box has a tracker and I said it doesn't. No, he said I put a tracker into it because I got a, 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 a what you call it, a, a trial model he said from a company but he said I had no faith in it but he said I put it into it. He said I'll ring the company you know, is it working? Right. So I said, okay, yeah. So I said, yeah, no, nah, that's not going to work at all. There's no need for just in this. So um, next thing he rang me back and he said, get onto your phone, he said, and um, put in your, what you call it, put in your, what you call it, one of the guys put into my phone because I'm not great and not going to crack and he sure, put sure. in it. And he said that, um, well, he, he said, he put into sorry. He put into his phone. Uh, I'll put into the phone, and then I said I don't have any stuff like that in my phone. So if the company got back and they gave him, they gave me the what you call it. They gave me the code, the postcode, sure. where, where twice showing up. So I put in the postcode into my phone, and and wow. um, we drove to where it was coming out of, and it was a culty session. It was all covered up and put away, and uh, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Oh, brilliant! And there it was, and and. Oh, I know, I know. Was, but, it, was but, it undamaged? Absolutely, absolutely. There was a few stickers torn off. It was all right, and um, just just the stickers tried to make it, you know. But I'm not aware to be in the world. Well, I know my own. We're not going to say where it was, and we're not going to say much more about it because I know there's a, there's a Garda investigation underway. But 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 you want to you want to thank the people who moved out to help that, you. Absolutely, look. Cork and County people come on like unbelievable people. Stand up and give yourself a clap there because top class. Absolutely. The amount of calls I got, offers of boxes, offers of money. Oh, frightening. Absolutely scaring. So for that reason, I just have to say, look, start off 96 FM. Kate, Kate of the Mosby News and Blarney started with the ball rolling and look, it just started from there and here we go like, oh, and, uh, absolutely thrilled yeah. and and your your daughter must be over the moon is she? when she was crying when, when yesterday, yesterday morning when I rang she was crying on the phone she couldn't I, I, daddy you're not joking I said no please don't tell me you're joking I said I'm not joking 
I said, I have your box. I said, Jeez, unbelievable. I was crying. Instead of roaring and shouting and bawling, I was crying and just trying to get into her head all last night. And, you know, yeah. look, what a fantastic ending to everyone in fairness. Oh, Club. listen, and what a way to end out the week, James, because that's brilliant news. It's such brilliant news. I'm thrilled for you and I'm thrilled for your daughter. And again, look, not alone me, but for anyone, just, I, I do, you know, I do give so much. I just go, I just to thank him so much. And look, what can I say? The only reason, if I can say something simple, is that I'm in the drainage business and to just put on, say, Blowney Drain Services, right? And if anyone wants a drain cleaned, there's 30% off for the next week. Okay? All right, fair play. <laughs> Listen, and that's to celebrate. James, thanks. Uh, that's lovely. Because he was, you know, it's in an awful way because his daughter was so upset about this. It's her pride and joy, this uh, horse box, and they got it back. Thrilled, absolutely delighted for for them. 0818 96 96 96. Right, talk about nice people want to do nice things. We're a small business based in Claro in Blarney called Athena Fitness and Nutrition. We have a charity event this Saturday in aid of Coenley Refuge Organisation. What we'd like to do is open all day Saturday and do as many personal training sessions as possible, free of charge, except we'd ask anybody to give whatever donation they can afford. Uh, booking is essential. Athenacoaching.ie or Athena Coaching Cork on Facebook will find them. All right, athenacoaching.ie. Athena Coaching Cork on Facebook. You get them on Instagram also. That's a nice, nice little fundraiser planned over the weekend. 0818 96 96 96. Now, the new Batman movie hits the screens next week. It's this night week, actually. It opens in the cinemas. I was looking at the trailers for it over the last few days, and it looks like a huge production. Big and lavish, but dark. Batman kind of went dark over the last few movies. This one's called The Batman. And it's, as always, got a cast of thousands. There was a red carpet event in the I in the um, Max in Dublin last night, and all the cast were there. How the hell did you sneak yourself into that, Crossy? Do you know what? It's just, a part of me was looking around going, all these stars that are here at this red carpet, this is mental. Like, we're back. The COVID times are over. You know, all that, we're back full throttle now when it comes to red carpet premieres. And this movie, what a movie to kick it off. I got to see it three weeks ago, and I've signed four forms that I am not allowed to talk about it until Monday. Because it's that, something massive happens in it, and they're terrified. Remember the remember the Spider Man movie when the two Spider Mans came back in it. Yeah. It's okay to talk about it now. That movie's been out got three months now at the stage. Something like that happens in the movie. That's why I'm not allowed to talk about it. But watch the trailer. It is dark. It is gruesome. It, it is, is. It is what the Batman like, should be. It, well, you see, there you go. I was a tradition. I I remember the Adam West on the telly. And Kapow ah. and Kerposh. And I remember that Batman. <laughs> so then when DC and the movie started to turn the Batman dark and Christopher Nolan turned it really dark, I got, oh, this isn't, this isn't the Batman. And then the Batman versus Superman movie came out and I fell in love with it again. But they're long movies. I would say. This is a num- like The last movie we talked about that was this long was No Time to Die. 
Now, none time. And no- this movie is longer, yeah. longer. We're three hours, bang on three hours, now, like exactly three hours. It is. The great thing about No Time to Die was you're saying, where did that go? I does the same. Yes. Really? That's the only thing I can say. Yes, yes. Now, if you're anywhere in Cork this weekend, you will see the Batman posters all over the place. And the only thing I can say about it is have a look up and you will see my name on the poster and it gives it five stars. That's the only thing I can say until Monday. Okay. Now, Robert incredible. is the latest to put on the cape. Yes, he is. And the mad thing is, right, if you've seen all the trailers, you would have seen Colin Farrell, our very own Colin Farrell, and doesn't look like Colin Farrell at all because he's about 10 stone heavier. He's got, you know, he's got a different face on him. All you have is his accent. And I said, it's Robert. I was like, look, he's one of our own. What was it like looking at Colin Farrell as the Penguin? I mean... There was a lot to take in with how Colin looked in this movie, regardless of being a Batman. The first time I saw him, he, he only had his uh, head makeup done, but his normal body, and he still had his Dublin accent. And it's just one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Do you notice when he just dropped the name there? I said to Robert, you know, <laughs> Robin Schultz. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's it's the craziest premiere I've ever been to because all these premieres, you know, on the red carpet, you're standing there for three hours and you'll only get about two minutes with these people. It, 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 but, but you know, no one sees that, that side of it, but yeah. it's very intense. And he was... Very George Clooney-esque look. He, I, I'm trying to explain, like a George Clooney eyeing him. You know, that kind of, you know, mm. would look into your eyes and look into your soul and have a have a chat with mm. your with your soul. And he's, he's one of those type of guys. I really like him. Yeah. But another person who was at the red carpet is Andy Serkis. This Everyone is my knows fa- him as I Gollum. love Alfred. I love Alfred. I'll write through the, every various version of Alfred the Butler. I love Alfred. Well, and you know what? He said he's absolutely as, loves to be associated with the Batman movie and play Alfred. Man, I tell you, it's so, so oh, look, it's exciting to be here right now and finally, finally open the film for people because there, there was a time where I think we all thought, is it going to happen or not? You know, we're, throughout COVID, shooting throughout COVID, there were, nobody knew what was going to happen to the film industry. And so to, to actually, you know, have it that people can come and, and see it in a big cinema is just joyful. A lot of love in the room too for Colin Farrell, not just, uh, you know, fierce admiration from the crew, I think you were saying. Everybody, it, it, you know what? Everybody absolutely loved him, and it just shows. You know, Colin went through a phase, you know, doing a couple of bad movies and all that. And the director Matt Reeves, who everyone wants to work with, had high praise for Colin Farrell as the Penguin. When we talked about him doing the role, I had never imagined that we would transform him so much visually. And when we started talking, we worked with our uh, production, our, our uh, makeup artist uh, Mike Marino, who's really kind of a genius. He started sculpting what Colin could look like, and we both were like. That might be amazing. And then when he put that on, literally, it was a different person. Not just physically, but literally what he started doing. I was like, wait, who is that? And I was so tickled, I couldn't believe it. And interestingly, that's the guy I got to know. I knew Colin from our first rehearsals, but honestly, it was Oz who I knew every single day on that movie. And I I was very emotional when I had to say goodbye to Oz because what Colin did in that role was just amazing. And I I love working with him. He's a a wonderful man. He's a wonderful actor. Uh, You only realize how good he is when you see him in something meaty uh, like this. Now, one thing that's in the trailers, Crossy, is there's uh, Batman. Is it a... Does he have a girlfriend in this movie? Oh, Selena Kyle, 
who is Catwoman, is in the movie. You'll see it in the trailers. And she is played by Zoe Kravitz, which is Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Uh-huh. And she is a she was at the premiere and she is just drop dead gorgeous. Really small. Like one of my legs is probably the same size and weight probably I would say. (laughs) When she was looking at me, I was like, I'm from Ireland. I eat a lot. But she's she's great crack. And the chemistry you'll see in the trailer is fantastic between the two of them. Even, you know, there's three or four different trailers and I was trying to find them, look look, look through them. And there's a magic there. There's something, I know, you know, you can't tell me, but there's something there. It's, it's, there's magic and you can see it from the trail it's it's hilarious because it's so hard to try and talk about this without without talking about the actual movie itself know, yeah, but know, yeah. the trailers do give away the trailers do do show a lot of stuff and you get to know the the theme of it and how dark it is and how how Matt uh, Reeves the director wants it to be I actually sat down with Colin Farrell yesterday in London to have a chat so Colin doesn't do red carpets anymore he's like I'm over all that stuff you know he'd rather you know the more quiet lifestyle so I'll have that next week that's Great. embargo till next week as well and he's a do you know what Colin's a lovely guy he really is he's grown so much over the past years and really flies the flag for Ireland around the world such a legend of a guy brilliant and the the, the, the chemistry between Batman and Catwoman is going to be part of the magic of the movie I don't have time to play the clip there unfortunately I'm dead jealous because you've seen it and I'm waiting for it uh, <laughs> <laughs> next Friday next Friday is the day it's going right. to be out next Friday three hours long All right. and yeah the and Batman is it. back and worth it 100% alright listen Crossy thanks for that it's amazing we're talking about a movie he can't tell me what's in it even though he's seen it <laughs> them's the rules otherwise he doesn't get invited to the next big premiere there you go thanks Crossy thank you uh, and yeah lots of people ringing in to say how wonderful it is to see that James got the horse box backs. It is fantastic news and a great way to end the weekend. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks, Fergal. Oh, did we do a winner? We didn't. Where's our winner? Where's our winner? Here we go. Line one. We'll be late out of the news. That's okay. Hello there, Lorraine Fitzgerald. Hi, PJ. How one, are you? One second. Today I am in the centre of a sports ground. The River Lee runs alongside it and Ed Sheeran will be popping in to say hello in April. Where am I? Where is she? Parky Cueve. Parky Cueve, you've got 500 euro voucher courtesy of the Furniture Centre Watercourse Road. Uh, we've had one every day this week and they've been great to have and great fun with them. She's back with you there, Fee. Nearly forgot that. Anyway, it's Friday. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks, Fergal. Enjoy your weekend. See you Monday just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie You're listening to highlights from The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast or on 96FM.ie As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.